0: What up, what up, what up, Ricago? This is Khalif Seeking. This is the Spawn of Me podcast, episode 341 of our show. I hope you are all doing well out in the world. I hope you're all doing okay. Massive amounts of love to everybody out there who is doing their thing, making sure they are paying attention and social distancing, washing your hands, washing your butt, washing all the things that need to get washed so that you don't catch the coronavirus out here up in this piece. I want to give everybody massive amounts of love for putting through this week, man. This week has been a a, a crazy week. This month of July has now started. We are now in a new month. We're now moving forward uh, out of what was a monstrous June uh, for lots and lots of folks. But I do want to say, like, there's been so much goodwill uh, pushed out towards us that, you know, I have to recognize that and, and, and do that in a real way. I also have to say for sure that like it is really really good to take a break. We took a break this week. Uh we took a break last week I should say uh to get our selves kind of together and kind of give ourselves a mini break. Um thank you everybody who stuck around and 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 hung out uh, and continue to support the wonderful work that we do. Um it has been Pretty busy in terms of news this week. Uh, it's been pretty busy in terms of lots of different things. Uh, personally, it's been just madness and busy. Um, lots of fun things kind of coming down the pipeline and, and and being in the space as well. Um, getting to play some things that a lot of folks might not necessarily had a chance to play yet. Uh, and we'll be talking about that a little bit during the show. Um, shout out to everyone again coming through in Twitch land, coming through in uh, podcast land and everywhere else. Uh, it is really, really fun to come back to the platform and, and, and do the show, uh, where we didn't really have a chance to do it last week. Um, we always want to make sure that we're kind of spreading the love and, and making sure that we're doing that work as well. So I've been okay. Things have been fine. I've, I've been busy, just been totally, totally just underwater with work and with other stuff, but, this week, we have lots of cool stuff to talk about. We have lots of things to dig into for sure. And I think the first way to do that is we jump right into the 411. So we have lots of stuff to talk about in terms of the news this week. I think it has been really, really, really heavy with like a whole bunch of different things. We've had, of course, the conversations around the multiple allegations and multiple um, conversations around abuse that has happened in the space that you know a lot of folks have been able to weather and have been able to talk about um, in good ways and kind of surface up good information around those things. So, you know, it has been um, pretty, pretty hectic in terms of the frequency and the weight of those conversations. Um, I want to say just off the bat that, you know, folks who have been going through these things over the years and you see as an industry that we have to safeguard so many people because of so many predators within it. Um, it has been nice to see people rally around Uh, survivors and give them the space to tell their stories and to be able to do that work in a really good way. Um, It has been fantastic to see people get together and commiserate and call folks out and do the work of um, making sure that the space is safer for other people um, in ways that they, they, it wasn't really like that before. And I think to a certain extent, that shows that there's progress in the space. We have a long way to go, Um, we'll be digging into some, uh, at least one story that revolves around that towards the end of the four, one, one this week. Uh, but I think, um, again, in a, in a space where we want to be positive and think about moving forward and kind of moving things in a good, good space and good direction, I think it really does, um, add a layer of, of, um, you know, showing that the the industry is willing to, to, to look at itself in good ways and, and police itself as well. Um. First story this week is all about a very new game that has come to the space, something that I am very, very excited about, and that is Hyperscape. Hyperscape is the newest game from the wonderful folks over at Ubisoft who they have really figured out a cool way to bring a new BR into the sphere in a way that I wasn't expecting to see or hear be a thing in a real way this year. Uh, caught me completely off guard that they were going to be putting this out. It's out right now as a technical test and people have been playing it. I had a chance to play some of it as well. And it's been so much fun to get my hands on that thing in a real way. Like it's been brilliant in the way that that thing has kind of come out and has done its thing. And it feels really good to have gotten into a BR space that is not only super, super fun, but like very different in the way that it's trying to tackle lots of the, 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 the simple and more complex ways that we look at the BR space. Um, it is, it is a game that is extremely fast paced. It is beautiful to look at. Uh, it is fantastic to play. Um, one of the things that really makes it stand out is the fact that it really tries to dig into the conversation around the vertical space vertical space in this game is something that when you think about BRs, it's usually people camping roofs and, and people doing that kind of stuff, uh, which is very, very different than, you know, the idea of you basically leaping on top of buildings and taking over, uh, parts of the space so that you can, uh, you know, kill other, other combatants in the field. Um, some of the things that I really am digging about it is it has multiple layers of new innovation. So, um, in most BRs you kind of walk around the space, you play the game, uh, you go around, you start off with no loot and you go and pick up as much as you possibly can. Um, to kind of kit yourself out. This is the same in that respect, but I think what they've done in a really cool way is that they've built in this system where if you have a weapon and you find a duplicate, using that duplicate and fusing it within to that weapon will give that weapon more, uh, ammo or it'll shorten the time that needs to recharge. Or once you get it all the way up to level four at its highest level, it then becomes a really powerful weapon. It even changes its look, uh, in the way that it, uh, kind of manifests itself within the world. Um, this neon glitzy like kind of glitz, matrix, uh, matrix, uh, aesthetic is beautiful too. Like I think what they've done with their HUD and having everything kind of like in front of you floating in the sky, um, is really, really awesome. It it feels good that they are able to bring an aesthetic that will more than likely change the way that it will look in the future. It's still super early. It's like version 1.0 of this game kind of been being in the space, but already that visual aesthetic adds a layer of like the ability for them to do lots of different things, which you see when it comes to Modern Warfare or something like PUBG, they don't really have a lot of space to go. You can add more guns to that to that game, you can add more um you know skins to that thing. But I don't see the world being able to change in real ways like you see in a Fortnite. That's kind of more comical and in, in some of that stuff, too. Um one of the things that is also really fun about this is again, the verticality parts of it, they have these mods that they call hacks and those hacks will give you different kinds of abilities like invincibility. I'm sorry, invisibility. Um, there's one that's called slam where you jump into the air and you leap into the ground. Uh, you turn into a ball, uh, that gives you a, gives you some, uh, uh shields and gives you some mobility and mobility in this game is the, the, the main thing here. Uh, mobility is what makes this game, the most uh, uh, compelling when it comes to it being different in the BR space. I was really, really surprised at just how fluidly you move across the map. Um, And they've changed what you uh, have the idea for in terms of whatever that closing line is. You know, usually when you're in a game of PUBG or you're in a game of Fortnite, you have this circle that continuously closes in on you. Um, and and keeps you out of the fight for a long time uh, because once you start to get into that outer area, you start to take damage. Uh, This game is a little bit different where the whole section of a map will just disappear. It'll start to degrade. uh, It'll start to, to fade out. Um, And then once that happens, you're totally exposed to everybody else who's in the fight into those matches, which is pretty, pretty awesome. It's like very, very cool in the way that they've thought about building out the world in these ways. Um, and what I really am trying to figure out now is once you've had that initial phase of the game playing that way, it has a lot of different angles in the way that you can win the game. The two major ones are one you'll get to the center of the map. The, the, the rest of the map has been closed off at a point. Um, and you then get a chance to, try to grab this crown that will appear in the middle of the map. Once that crown appears, you can grab it. Um, and then if you can hold on to it for 40 seconds, you win the match 45 seconds. I would say you win the match. What else you can do is you can just kill everybody else who else, who else is on the map at that time. If you can murder everybody else and get them out of the space, uh, then you'll win as well. It brings so much chaos to the game, to the game loop that, it just really just starts like you're going to go from the time that you jump into a match, you're automatically running into the fray. You're automatically getting into fights. Um, and I've done a couple of really interesting things with that as well, in terms of the map, if you run into the map and the server hasn't filled all the way up, uh, what you'll happen to see is that certain parts of the map will just be blocked off. You won't have access to it in the beginning of the game, which I think is interesting. Another thing that is really compelling is that, um, usually when you're in a, in a fight or when you're in the beginning parts of a match, you'll have this, um, uh, flight plan a uh, flight plan that usually happens in other BR games. So you'll have this plane or whatever vehicle it is, pulls you into the map on this, on its destined path, its determined path. This doesn't have that. So all the, all the points of interest on the map, you're all coming in from all the different directions and all the different sides of the map all at once. So usually when you would think about getting into a fight, you're like, all right, I'm going to stop and hang out for a minute or two and then try to, you know, post up in a spot so that I can get better positioning on things. This game, you can't really do that because all the things that they do with the map placement, you're always going to be in a fight and you're, and if you try to fly away to a place that's further away, people are more than likely already going to have been there and probably have looted that spot already. Um, the most interesting mechanic as well is the respawn system, which I think is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so when most BR games, you'll have this period where you die. So when you die, if there is no respawn uh, ability or no respawn uh, gameplay mechanic, you kind of just have to wait there and wait for the rest of your team to, to hopefully win the rest of the match. Um, we've seen it with Fortnite and a couple of other games where you can then uh, have respawn points in some parts of the map but this one uses people as respawn points. So if you, um, if you kill someone, they then become a respawn point for your team, which changes the way that you take fights. It makes you way more aggressive in the way that you would go after a fight, because now if you have a teammate down, the only way you're going to get them back is if you go kill somebody or someone else kills uh, another player. And then that respawn beacon is on the map. Um, use become a ghost during your death period. And you can scout ahead. You can kind of look around and see and, and mark things for your teammates. Um, so that they understand like, and have some situational awareness of where things may be, which again is pretty brilliant in the way that they have decided to, to kind of use those mechanics for the benefit of the rest of the team. It is pretty fantastic. I had a couple of games already where we got some wins. We played during the technical technical test. Uh, that was uh, only for press, and and influencers. Uh, my boy Michael Michael Highham and and blessing Adiye Adiyoye Junior from uh kind of funny. We got a dub in the game. We were screaming like mad people. Uh, because it was pretty pretty awesome, and it was great. Like it was just super fun to be able to go into a match, feel like you were uh, fairly competent in what you were trying to do and like get things done in a way, in a BR where you don't really know what's going on yet, but you have the ability to kind of like use the mechanics at, at will and play fairly well for a game that just came out. So I'm really excited at what they're going to wind up doing. I think, you know, a couple of things that I feel are going to be in the space that they need to kind of tighten up are one, the game currently doesn't have a mini map, which is weird. Um, lack of a mini map is, is, is going to be hard for most people to kind of learn how to play, uh, because you're used to having a mini map in a space where you can kind of see the, 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 the game world in a way that gives you some situational awareness. So a lack of that is a little bit difficult. Um, the other part right now that I find to be a little bit interesting or it needs, it needs some work is the tuning, right? Um, uh, most of the weapons don't feel super viable just yet. I think that the, the, the Hexfire is the mini gun right now. Uh, that seems to be the weapon of choice for most people. Um, I have a couple of weapons that I really like myself, like the D tap, which if you played Titanfall, you remember that there was this pistol that used to this weapon that used to be able to shoot and track you uh in the space. So like when you shoot the D tap right now, a little circular reticle comes up and you can then just auto-fire on that person. And that's great because people are always above you. They're flying around you. They're underneath you when you're jumping around the space. And I, as a person who plays on controller on, on PC need all the ways that I'm going to be able to shoot people in a, in a space that feels good. So having that be a mechanic is, is fairly great. Um, it is something that I am looking to see what they're going to do in terms of adding more weapons, um, fine tuning, how things work so far and then giving everybody the ability to kind of like figure out what the meta is going to wind up being, it's always one of the most interesting parts of any beginning BR is finding out exactly what the meta is. Um, and once the meta starts to kind of like flow through the community, people then kind of figure out good ways to, to, to work towards the meta, um, and things like that. So it has been super cool, uh, to see what they've been able to pull off with this game so far. I'm really excited about what they have coming in and store. Um, it's free to play so far, which is also fairly cool to like get people into the, into the matches, get people into the servers. And it feels like everything right now feels like it's in a good spot, like for a game that just is, is just coming out and just being released to the world. I don't really have that many complaints about what that game is trying to be. Um, and what it's hopefully going to do. Um, and I'm hoping to get more games in with more people soon, uh, so I can play more of it with more people. So shout out to everybody over at, uh, Ubisoft for making that become a thing. I think it is pretty cool to be able to have that be something, uh, that we get a chance to look forward to. I think that that's going to be really fun and, and, and super cool, uh, to see people kind of, um, get a chance to play something like that for sure. So next up, uh, this week is all about NBA 2K21. So NBA 2K21 is going to be a really interesting case of what we're going to see in the video game space, maybe going forward, which, um, I'm not sure I am really excited about yet. Like, I don't know if, um, I don't, what's the best way to say it. I don't know if this new pricing idea of moving from 59 99 to 69 99, basically 70 bucks is going to be the next space um, that I'm hoping that games are going to be in. So a couple of things within that conversation too. So one is games used to be really expensive. You know, when I was growing up, if you bought a Neo Geo cart, it could cost you a hundred bucks just to get a cart. Um, And there wasn't really a way to, 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 to get around that if you didn't want that game. So there wasn't digital distribution yet. None of those things actually happened. Digital stores weren't really a thing yet. So you had to go get those cartridges and go spend the hundred bucks. And it was a physical piece of material that most times came from Japan. Most times were, were, were made together, um, in different places, um, and then shipped over to, to, to the U S so that they could get those things done. So that was a really different. To era, it was a very different time where you had that be a thing. Now, when you have digital distribution, you have all these stores, you have Steam, you have all these places where you can get sales. Two K now talking about wanting to increase their their prices past sixty bucks is going to be a little bit worrisome. I think it's going to be something where um, I am not a hundred percent sure that I am going to be as excited by the prospect of them going up with us not knowing how much more game we're going to wind up getting. So a couple of things have happened. So the next gen version of the game is going to probably cost 69 99 and that's what the retail price is supposedly going to be. Um, over, there was a couple of earnings calls that happened and folks were talking about on the call, how the current state of development is unattainable and how we're going to need to raise the prices for the technology that we're going to be getting for the game. That's reasonable. I have no problem with that as a as a, as a conversation and a concept. What I do have issue with is the game that they're putting out in this year is going to have two versions of it. So it's going to have the standard standard edition. It's going to have the, you know, collector's edition. The collector's edition is the only one that you'll be able to purchase where you'll be able to upgrade your older version across gen. That's madness. That's nuts. The fact that they're like, yo, if you pay 60 bucks for the game that you bought for your PS3, I'm sorry for your PS4, you can't get an upgrade unless you buy the new version again, but you can buy this hundred dollar version of the the collector's edition. And that's going to be the one that you'll be able to get a code or there'll be some way that you can upgrade it through the process. One of the really cool things that we've seen from other developers and other publishers has been, you've talked about smart delivery, uh, at least on the Xbox. I don't know what the version of that's going to look like on this, on the PlayStation five, but the conversation has been, you'll have a way to upgrade your game to the next layer or the next gen of, of games. And that to me just makes sense. It makes sense to be able to do that in a way that lets people purchase the games they want to purchase be still involved with the communities that they're in, because we already know that first adopters are going to be the ones who are going to run out uh, to get those games first and get those systems first. We also already know that there's probably going to be a shortage of hardware because of COVID and because of all the things with China and our trade agreements with them because of Trump being a dick. So there's like all those other parts of the conversation as well that play into a, a, a lack of hardware potential lack of hardware while also two K is now trying to cash in on the fact that they're going to be moving from one gen to the other. The other part of this equation that I haven't heard anybody really speak to yet. And we'll hear more about this when the game comes out is what am I actually going to get when I get this next gen version of two K 21? We know that sports titles are always the first ones who kind of move the needle when it comes to new adoption of new hardware. They're usually the best visual showcases of games, um, coming out of the box when you first have a new system. And also they're easy to get into because most people understand how they kind of work already. So it's going to be real weird to see what the conversation is going to be from a gameplay standpoint on 2k 21, because we also know that usually the first game out of the box or out of the, uh, out of the can, from a, a team when they move from one gen to the other isn't that different between gens it's usually just a visual upgrade there's usually not a lot of actual meat on the bone when it comes to uh the next gen uh, iteration of a game that's f- from a well well known franchise that to me is going to be the most interesting part 2k is going to really have to do a lot to sell longtime fans even me on what that new thing is going to wind up being, I remember seeing the initial um, video of Zion Williamson kind of dunking his way through the through through a gym, and it was gorgeous. Like I'm, I'm so excited to see what locomotion looks like in next gen, what the visuals look like in next gen. If if that 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 Zion Williamson video was an indication of what we have to come, what we have coming down the pipe. I am very, very excited for that. That is gonna be something that is really, really cool. But you also have to have some meat on the bone for that, for people to get really excited about the prospect of chunking down another another 10, bu- another 10 bucks, plus another four to $500 for a new system um, that is still unproven yet. So it is going to be really weird uh, for 2K as the first uh, uh, grouping of folks to make that leap in the price wars. Um, I do think that it's going to be a thing that we see moving forward. I, I absolutely do think that that's going to be a thing. It's going to be the standard of seeing the $70 game, um, especially knowing that inflation has not really been accounted for in the game space for a very long time. So we will see just how well that works um, for them. I don't know if I'm going to buy a 2K21 on next gen yet. I am like, I'm not going to buy it on current gen. If they're going to do it on next gen this way, I'm not buying it on current gen. There's really no reason for me to do it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I wonder how many sales they're going to lose because of that. Um, but it may even itself out because again, folks who aren't going to buy next gen consoles right out the box are going to wait. And the other folks are going to wind up uh, either just going in and, and, and copying it or waiting and not buying the current gen version of it now. So I am real, excited to, to hear what they're going to have to say to that. I wish and I want the folks from 2K to come back. We've had Chris Manning on the show a bunch of times. Ronnie 2K has never really been on the show, and he's on the marketing side. I would love to have him on to finally talk to him about what this means for the franchise and for the for the ecosystem. Um, so if you're listening out there, 2K fam, like, please come on. Uh, you know, you always get a fair shake here. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm down to have that conversation because it is a real interesting one for sure. Last piece of news this week is all about Evo. Um, so Evo is canceled this year. So because of COVID, we saw that the biggest fighting game tournament on the on the planet uh, was going to move into an online version of itself. They were they they stopped kind of um, thinking about making the physical. Um, the physical version of their show, it just didn't seem like it was going to be a thing that was going to be smart or was going to work out. Um, and I applaud them for not doing that. I think it makes more sense for them not to do that. Um, so they were going to make it online. I registered for Evo this year. This is going to be the first year that I actually was going to compete in Evo uh, for playing mortal Kombat. And I know that the, like, the community was really excited about it. Everyone was really hyped for this thing because it was going to be, you know, the biggest fighting game tournament moved into an online space, which was very different. Of course, people were going to be like, "Yo, we don't know how the servers are going to be. Connections in most fighting games are kind of whatever anyway. There's going to be a lot of disconnects. It's going to be a really weird space for them to do it." But during the conversations of, um, you know, all these things uh, coming through and 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 coming to to pass there's an allegation that came up from a couple of folks in the fighting game community. And this is off the backs of lots of conversations, especially in the uh, smash in the Smash areas of the fighting game community. Lots of conversations of pedophilia, of sexual abuse, of, of people talking and playing around and, and, and doing things that were inappropriate. And then the biggest name in the space Joey uh Cullier, I'm, I'm I know I'm saying his name wrong uh, who is the CEO of Evo an allegation came out about him as well which was stunning to a lot of people um I was not expecting that at all um I was really taken aback for knowing just the the kind of way that Evo has been run has fairly been good from what I can tell like I don't I don't I never heard any conversations or mumblings about you know, what that means for, you know, the industry in a real way. Um, I didn't hear any conversations, any rumblings from people who, um, are like deeply embedded within that community, but now hearing so many of the stories around not only Joey, but around so many other folks, it really does put a a really huge spotlight on that community in a, in a not great way. Um, Um, and his name was Mr. Wizard. That's the kind of moniker that he went by. So I'll refer to him as that for the rest of the show. But Mr. Wizard was, you know, talked about, you know, not having these allegations be true and, you know, not having, you know, being a lie all these things were kind of being up, being brought up against him. And then when more and more allegations came out to, to, to the light, he wound up sharing a, a, a response to that. And he since apologized during that whole part of the conversation. Um, and here's what, here's what he said. He said, uh, I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. Uh, he said, I was young and reckless and did things I'm not proud of. Uh, I've been growing and maturing over the past 20 years, but it doesn't excuse anything. All I've been trying to do is become a better person. Yo, that is wild because not only did, did dude admit it after first denying it, because you had so much evidence saying that this was true. But the biggest fighting game tournament, and and, and kudos to everybody else who p- was gonna participate. So Bandai Namco, Capcom, and NetherRealm Studios who all had games that were gonna be played in that uh, tournament, all backed out once they heard about the allegations. So kudos to them for doing the right thing and making sure that they were not going to be tied to this thing. The second part of this is this puts a huge black mark on what this, what this uh, uh, tournament is going to wind up being as the not face of the tournament. Cause I don't think like he was in the background for a lot of it. Uh, but as a person who was like heavily involved in, in most of what was going on, you need to have people who are going to be, you know, good faces for your content and good faces for your, for your stuff. And if you are not in that space doing that work, and you have allegations of people who are saying that yo, you are a terrible human being who has hurt people and abused them. You have to step down immediately. So the folks over at Evo kicked him out and removed him from any operations right after the allegations came out. So huge kudos to the folks over at the Evo brass who uh, did the right thing. The, the The question then becomes: How much do they know? who were the folks who were shielding him and what other conversations were happening around the industry when this actually became a thing. Um, So that is going to be a huge, interesting part of all of these conversations moving forward of just like who knew what, who was hiding what, Um, but it's such a sad state. It's, It's such a sad state alongside all the other parts that we've heard over the past couple of weeks about how the industry has just been harboring so many terrible human beings uh, for such a very long time. So, wow, it has been a weird month. Uh, It's been a weird couple months. It's been a weird year. Um, But it feels like 2020 has no fucks to give about all the people who are not doing good things to other human beings and mad people are getting exposed. So keep calling people out you know, keep doing the work of, of trying to figure out good ways to spotlight and get people like this out of the industry so that everyone else can flourish and do the work that they hopefully want to do, you know, expose all those folks, make sure that all those people are, don't have a place to hide. Um, and I'm happy to say that, you know, uh, you know, I'm happy to see more of these. I'm not happy to see the stories come out because that means that on the other end of that, someone was hurt, but, I am happy to hear that people are taking the time and energy to try to clean up an industry that I, that I love. I've tried so hard to get into this industry. Um, and it makes me incredibly sad to hear all these stories of people doing all these awful, awful things with minors and with young folks who were definitely too young to be in spaces and they were being preyed upon. So again, like, If you see something, say something, if you have the ability to kind of signal a thing up and make sure that people are are doing good things, like, please make sure you take that time to to do that work uh, because it just makes the space better. So we're going to take a quick one and a half minute break. I'm going to get some water uh, so I can get my mouth. from sounding all dry and yucky. Uh, But thank you to everybody in Twitch chat. Thank you everybody in podcast land. And we'll be right back after this. What up, what up, what up, everybody on the Spawn of Me podcast? This is Khalif Adam speaking. I am here rocking with all of you here in Berkago. Massive amounts of love to you all for coming through this week and every week. I have lots of things to talk about in terms of stuff that I have been playing because it has been, my goodness, so many, so many good games out in the space right now. I think the best way to talk about this is to talk about what we have been playing this week. So we have a bunch of really dope games to talk about this week. I think, uh, when it comes to, um, things that I'm excited about, uh, there are a couple of different games for sure, uh, that definitely come to mind, of course um one of the one of the games that I've been having a chance to play and and messing around with of late has been Mortal Shell. So if you're not familiar with Mortal Shell, Mortal Shell is this um it's Dark Souls esque kind of game like it is one where uh you are inhabiting this body that doesn't have skin. It's like it's like if you've ever seen uh hellraiser one of the hellraiser movies the hellraiser movies are really great because what they do is they um they have these uh versions of creatures that basically have no skin and the the no skin people like kind of just hang out and mess around with people and they they look like the inside of their bodies are kind of just like removed which is which is really cool um which is really dope it's like such an interesting space to be to be in uh, for a game like that. So you are in this dark soul space. Um, and it is really fun to be able to not only inhabit other bodies in a way that you weren't able to do in other games, but it is something where, uh, you get a chance to pull in other characters basically through the work that you, that you do throughout the game that you're playing. So um, it's, it's something that you have to kind of look at to, to get a, to get a hold on. Um, and it's super cool. Like it's really dope. It is one of my kind of most favorite games, uh, coming through into the space right now. And it is something that you have to definitely get a chance to look at and, and play, uh, in a real way. Like, I think, I think it just gives so many cool ideas to what gameplay could be like from a souls game. Um, and, um, it's just so different. Like it looks beautiful. Um, in the way that it kind of just comes across on screen. Uh, it's just like so interesting in the way that it visually comes across the, the way that you tackle fights is very different. So you have this ability to harden your skin. Um, and that is really cool because what it does is it, most games you have a block or you have a, a dodge or something like that. You have to parry all those things. And this game has that as well. But you use your body as a parry, use your body as a block, um, which I think is really dope. Um, It is extremely cool uh, that they have a game like that where a mechanic is not only you playing as your character, but you inhabiting these other bodies while you use the abilities that they have to uh, build out and uh, to build out skills and build out weapons and build out tactics that you want to use for the game um, in, in the space that you're playing in. Um, it's, it's, it's dope. Like I had, like I've been playing it for maybe a couple of days. Um, and the thing I'm really pulling away from it is one, I suck. I'm really bad at the game. Uh, I'm bad at most souls games, which is a whole other conversation. Um, but I think what I'm learning is when I was trying to figure out how to, to play more Souls games like this. I think Bloodborne was the one that I really um, found myself having an affinity for. This blew that out of the water because you know right now what you're seeing on stream doesn't give it justice to how beautiful this game is. It is gorgeous in the way that it looks. It is beautiful um, in the way that it deals with the macabre and the way that it feels and the way that everything has this really chunky weight. Um, and that chunky weight really adds to the layers in the way that the game feels, which I think is freaking awesome. I think it's real dope. Like there hasn't been a game like this from a small studio, which is literally, I think how many people made this game? I think like two people, I I may be wrong. It's a very small team, uh, that put this game together. I, I will say it's less than 10 people for sure. Um, And I think that as a, as a, as a idea around like what you can get done in the game space is very different. You don't see that happen often where you have small teams make a game that looks and feels as brilliant as this. Um, it's still in, in early access. They, they just opened it up to a whole bunch of folks, uh, because of them wanting to get more people in, it had a really good showing in the first couple of days In those first couple of days people were like, yo, I need more of this. So they opened it up uh, into kind of a more open beta as opposed to just having it for us in the press. Um, So that was really interesting as well, to be able to see that be a huge part of what this game is going to wind up being. I think what I am most excited about is learning more about the lore of this world. Uh, The idea around, again, you inhabiting all these different shells of bodies that Um, you may not see it in this gameplay here, but one of the things that's really cool is like when you get to a point where you have lost your health and if you're inside of a skin, uh, you get knocked out of that skin, which is dope because it's like, um, you get punched, your soul gets punched out of your body, which is nuts. Um, and that part, even in, even in that respect is like real dope. Uh, so like seeing people do that work of like going into the shell and then coming out of the shell is real cool. Um, so like that being a part of the mechanics is also very, very dope. I I'm so excited for people to get a chance to play this thing, um, and get a chance to get their hands on it. I think, you know, games like this do really well in times where you have a lot of time and you're staying home and because of COVID we're all staying home in real ways. Uh, but I think what's going to happen is the souls folks, people who really love souls games are going to be very, very excited for this. When it winds up coming back down the pipeline for them. I think, uh, the patience that you have to use to play this game is going to be very different than most souls games. I think this is one of the games where you're going to be more, uh, aggressive in the way that you play it in comparison to other games of its ilk. I think it's also going to be one of those games where, we're going to have lots of people having really different stories about what they want to get out of a game like this. I think there's going to be people who are going to be like, yo, I want to bum rush through. This This is going to be fun for speedrunners for sure uh, to be able to play a game like this. But I think once you get a handle on the shell mechanic, then you get a handle on the lore. Um, and then you just see just how gorgeous this thing is going to look on your, on your computer screens. I, I look, I am not a huge souls fan. I have been hyped for this game since they showed it during the Xbox showcase, getting a chance to play it already. I'm down for the cause and I'm ready to play more of it. I am really, really excited, uh, for everybody else to get their hands on this thing. I think you should be able to, I think, get it now on the Epic game store. I believe, I think they have it already in. Um, I think they already have a version of it. Uh, That's not only just on Epic Games Store, but maybe on their site where you'll be able to do do a download of it from there. Um, Please, 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 like when we talk about supporting the indie dev space, this is a game that deserves your time and attention uh, because games like this from small teams don't really get made in that same way um, at this level of fidelity and of just the way that it looks and plays and all that kind of stuff. Like games like that don't do that stuff that often. Uh, so be able to see that stuff come out in a real way is amazingly dope. Um, so check out mortal shell. Mortal shell is amazing and fantastic, uh, so far. Like, please go give that thing a look, uh, and definitely check that thing out and tell them that we sent you because why not just do that anyway. Um, the other game that I've been playing that I went back into my library. So one of the things that I always do when I have some extra time is to try to go back to games that I find that I missed. Um, and one of the games that I missed was a game called Black Future 88. Black Black Future 88 is fantastic because it is one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. Again, from another indie studio, I think made by like three people. Um, it is kind of like a shoot 'em up, but it's also, also have like really dope cyberpunk vibes, which I think when you think about where we're going in terms of game spaces right now, like that aesthetic has been something that people have been leaning into, a bunch, but I think it never really got a lot of love because it looked fairly simple, looked fairly simple in the way that it kind of came across. I jumped back into it the other night and I was like, why didn't this game get as much love as it deserved? Like this game should have gotten way more love uh, and was way better than I expected it to be. And I think when you think about games like this, it is not hard to to see the correlation and the the connection between games like Dead Cells, uh, or Spelunky or any of those games that really bring, um, not only challenge to, to the player, but also do something visually that is very, very different. Like this thing glows off your screen. Like I was playing this thing late at night the other night and my, my room was just a glow with all the lasers and all the bullets and all the neon that's in this game, I am really excited to jump back into this. One of the things that I don't think a lot of people knew either was that if you are a Twitch streamer, if you're streaming this stuff on, um, on Twitch, that there is integration in there for people to both mess around with you in terms of the way that you are able to interact with the world. uh, but also there are ways for them to interact and make your games easier or harder. So the conversation around this game, with that interactivity and those connectivity parts also gives this game some longevity for people who are looking for something to play on stream. And it's a game that when you get to certain levels, the actual game itself adds more uh, uh, enemies and adds more difficulty the longer you play it. So it is fantastic in what it's trying to do. I think games like this don't get a lot of love because they don't really get to get into people's purview in ways that we usually would think of. Like, I don't think it's a thing that we see often enough happen for smaller indie titles like this. And it just reminds you that, you know, everyone's been talking about Last of Us 2, and everyone's been talking about the big AAA games and all those kinds of things. But, you know, I was on another show this week after doing some stints on IGN and, and GameSpot over the past couple of weeks. Um, and I just keep saying, indie games are the thing that keeps this industry alive. Indie games are the, are the the games that move everything else when everyone is kind of in between those big, huge titles. And to not remember that it does a disservice to folks in the indie, in the indie space. So remember that when you are uh, having those conversations about games to check out and games to play and all those things in that space, because indie, indie titles are fantastic and they continue to be great and they continue to do really fun things and, and bring out not only, you know, good mechanics and gameplay, uh, to folks in, in lots of different ways, but they continue to move the industry forward, uh, to get some of those things together. So yeah, those are a couple of things I've been playing. The other big game that I've been playing is ghost of Tsushima. Um, the, the, uh, embargo is not done yet. I can't talk about it yet. Uh, but I have been playing it for the past couple of weeks. Uh, and, um, I'm not close to, I don't even know if I'm close to finishing it yet. I just don't know. Um, but, uh, there will be stuff out w- once the embargo drops, I think in a couple of days, I think maybe towards the end of, I think the 14th is when the embargo lifts on that game. Um, so please, you know, if you see me online, uh, and you want to ask me a question, I can't tell you nothing yet. Uh, so I'm sorry in advance. Um, I apologize for not being able to tell you what that game is like. I will say that I've been spending lots of time with it and my face has a smile on it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, so yeah. Uh, it's been a very interesting week. Again, I want people at home, like, please, please, please. Like, you know, it's been, it's been a really hard and difficult couple of weeks for everybody involved. I want people to, please find time to, um, please find time to figure out good ways to be good to each other. Please find good ways that you can talk to everyone in, in good ways. I know that right now the energy is rough. I know that every day we see more things coming out, not only from the government, from the industry, from all the things on social media that make things not great, but I want and hope that folks at home, especially all the folks in Brocago and everybody shout out to everybody who came through today, uh, from the bronze raid, massive love to all of you, um, in the chat right now. Um, but I, but I, but I'm hoping that the goodness of the energy that you have within you, you continue to spread. I hope that the industry is, is looking to foster and grow dope people Um, like bronze, like the folks that we know in these spaces and all these places that we see all these really fantastic streamers and content creators and and, and industry folks kind of build. So please try to figure out good ways to not let everything beat you down right now. Please try to find ways that you can help other folks with your knowledge, your wisdom, your talent. Uh, Please try to figure out good ways that you can pull good folks into your ecosystems because that's the thing that's going to continue to make all this stuff better. Um, so I really do hope that this week and every week going forward, try to find some energy for all that. And also please try to find some energy for yourselves. That is way more important right now during all the things that are happening with COVID. Um, we took a week off just because my brain was shot. I had nothing to do. I had nothing to give in terms of getting content out and it wasn't worth it because it would have been crappy content. Um, so please remember to take some time for yourself as well um, and, and and build good spaces for yourself and self care is paramount, especially during these times. So again, massive love to everybody out in the world right now, massive love to all the Chicago residents, everybody who is a new member of Chicago, Thank you to the folks who have subscribed the folks who have followed today. Uh, and, and giving us love in Twitchland, uh, please give those folks must of love in the chat, and please come back next week. Uh, we usually uh, are doing our show here every Thursday around uh, 7 p.m. PST is when usually we do shows. This is a later show in the week because work was busy, and all those things kind of came to fruition. So, everybody at home, please, please, please give yourself some love. Uh, come back next week. We have some dope things in store. Uh, we'll be playing some stuff next week that I also can't talk about yet because everything is under embargo. Um, But it is uh, around a couple of games that you definitely uh, will be excited to hear more about. So, you know, keep your, keep your stations locked uh, and, and keep those notifications on when those stuff goes live. Um, We have some dope stuff on the feeds right now as well. Uh, please go check out our hyperscape, uh, interview with, that we had with the devs over there. Please check out the, uh, last episode with Sarah Dietschy, who was fantastic. And if you're a content creator, she has lots of great information and insight for you there. We did our t- last of us, uh, no spoiler review. That's also on our YouTube channel. So please check out the content that we're putting out. Um, I work hard on that stuff. I, I bust my ass to try to get all those things done while doing this a nine to five job and producing shows and all this other crazy stuff so please uh, check out that stuff and give it some love so until then we will get up out of here and we will see you all next week this has been the spawn of me podcast episode 341 massive love to all of you and we say peace